time for Jamie Dupree, the most connected man in D.C. on the Sean Hannity Show. All right, on this New Hampshire primary day, the most connected man in Washington, D.C. Hey, Sean. Via, via New Hampshire. Which part of New Hampshire today? I'm in Exeter right now. How are you today? I'm good. So tell us about your day so far. Uh, you know, mainly just sort of uh, going out, uh, checking out some of the polls. Uh, the candidates are in. Instead of holding rallies today, this is one of the worst scenes of all. It's when a candidate goes to a polling place to sort of shake hands and a few things like that. And it's just this unbelievable mob of reporters and cameras and everything. And if you do it in Manchester, you really get everybody there. The foreign press shows up, all kinds of still photographers. And it's just a zoo. I, I tell you, I can't stand primary voting day. This is always a day, as I've told you, I think I, sometimes I would this just want to go home. This is like game day. How can you not like this? This day because it's because it's too much waiting because uh, you know during the day it's it's not rallies or anything it's just sort of yeah. you know little stuff it's like here the and there. super bowl you, you know how many more times can you get an analysis yeah. of peyton versus cam newton before you like kick the ball yeah when it gets to it the warmer states i like to play golf during the day just to sort of get out and get Do away you really and, on primary day yeah I, i've done that i can think back i did that in pennsylvania did in indiana one time did in south carolina yeah so it's, basically it's, you're telling your bosses you don't work you just decided to take the day off and go play golf no it's that i, I know i'm going to work <laughs> you know all night long so we'll just shift my work that day but there's too much snow on the ground to do anything like that here so yeah, by the way it was beautiful uh, up there wasn't it yesterday really nice a lot of fun a lot of snow yeah it was, it was fresh, great that hour clean. and 45 minutes i spent uh, behind the snow plows at 15 miles an hour on the interstate last night. That was great. Yeah, that was excellent. Yeah, they put me in this little bed and breakfast place that had the best pork chop I think I've ever had in my life. That's good. great. Um, all right, so there's not a lot of rallies going on. I do know that some of the candidates were heading off to diners, et cetera. Oh, yeah, sure. They're doing that. They're going by polling places, you know, to shake the last few hands that they possibly can. And, you know, I saw a few who were posing for pictures with people and stuff like that. So, you know, there's still, look, there's still that opportunity to make that one more call, meet one more person, switch one more vote. I mean, I, I think I heard Governor Christie say to his people today in Manchester something like, keep working. The polls don't close until, uh, well, most of New Hampshire closes at 7, but the 12 major towns don't don't close till 8. So you'll start to get some uh, uh, vote totals in early. But it's, you know, look, I saw some interesting data from the Monmouth University polling folks. They asked the voters of New Hampshire who they had been contacted by in terms of even if it was somebody not in their party. And the most active campaign. So these are the most active campaigns in terms of what you might call the ground game, calling people on the phone to ask if they would vote for their candidate. So the most active campaign is Hillary Clinton then Bernie Sanders, then Jeb Bush, then John Kasich, then Ted Cruz, then Marco Rubio, and seven, Donald Trump. And after Trump, Christie, Fiorina, Carson, Paul, and O'Malley. And so that gives you an idea of the breadth of the contacts that have been made. In fact, a lot of them, uh, it's, it's a bipartisan thing. Some of the people getting called who are, even though they're Republicans, getting called by Democrats and vice versa. So uh, interesting little insight. And, you know, I think that's still one of the unknowns, obviously, as we sit here talking before the numbers come. Well, in. I had Jeb Bush in studio last night when I was in New Hampshire, and, and Jeb was very, very clear uh, that they had contacted over 100,000 people. I mean, knocking on 100,000 doors is how he described it. Yeah. And so, you know, this is a, it's been a big effort, obviously. And the Jeb people have been putting out the line that they think they are really surging right now. I don't know about that. I caught Jeb yesterday at a, at, a, at a Rotary Club speech that just seemed to me to be an odd kind of place to be the day before 
uh, the big vote instead of having a big rally. But he has really turned up his uh, rhetoric a lot more against Donald Trump, and it's being very well received in his events as well. And, you know, I sort of wonder if maybe he thinks that now looking back on it, he should have been doing this much more. He was doing it a little before, but he certainly has added in a big dose. And Trump yesterday just mocked and belittled him uh, at uh, at his events. Well, the reason they're doing that, there was now if you go back and look at, well, which polling place was the most accurate during for Iowa? It was Emerson College. Yes. And there was the Emerson College poll that came out yesterday that showed Bush at 17 percent in second. I'm sorry, 16 percent in second place behind Donald Trump's 31 percent. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And so it would be, you know, look, I I can see I don't think it's it's out of the realm of possibilities for Rubio or Kasich or Bush to finish second tonight. I'm not sure that Cruz will make it there. I could still see Cruz maybe edging into third. That's possible. But it's sort of you know, Christie seems to be on the uh, he's he's coming up, but I'm not sure he's going to be close enough. But I, I don't think it's crazy to think that Kasich or Bush could get into second place here in New Hampshire. Do, do you, you feel know? as a result of the debate Christie's moving up because he had he had got, gotten a double digits and then he stayed there for a week or two and then he went back down to six, seven percent. No, he definitely moved up a little. I, I think I definitely noticed that uh, in the polling data, but it, it hasn't been that much. And the biggest problem for him, for Christie, has been that he has melted downward in the last couple of weeks. I think his negative attacks were not that well received. So he had more ground to make up than, say, Jeb Bush or John Kasich. Kasich had an awful lot of TV cameras around him today, and I think he personally feels like he has some momentum. But again, he's sort of a flying-under-the-radar kind of guy. He's not really out front, in your face, or anything like that. So it would be interesting if the, the voters in New Hampshire really default to him as somebody that might be a choice here. And again, the, you know, I do have to raise the red flag of the polls. Uh, the polls were off here in New Hampshire badly by nine points in that uh, race in t- 2008 between Obama and Clinton. Uh, the polls uh, underestimated Mitt Romney four years ago and overestimated some of his uh, the people going after him. If you go back eight years, the, the polls in the Republican race underestimated where uh, where some of the Republicans would be. So you know, we're not going to know, obviously, until tomorrow. Donald Trump is uh, putting out a plea to his people on uh, social media to get out and vote. But the big question is the ground game. If he doesn't have the ground game, does he then underperform his numbers? If he underperforms his numbers, can anybody catch him? He may have enough of, of a lead, according to the polls, that that might not happen. If that happened, I, I don't think it would impact New Hampshire. And I'm, again, I'm looking at the aggregate of polls, and his numbers are, are so above anybody in, in, exactly. in, in second place. Uh, but it would probably tend to lend itself to a wake-up call that they need to adopt and advance themselves in the organization side of a campaign, which probably is a learning curve because he's never done this before. Well, and certainly he learned in the last couple of days to do these smaller events, as you and I spoke about yesterday. I mean, I, I saw the video of some of the ones that I didn't get to, and he totally at ease, totally, you know, uh, easygoing in that kind of atmosphere, didn't seem worried or anything like that. Now, the one the one down thing is, is that you get deep into issues sometimes. And, you know, let's face it, that, that may not be Trump's strongest suit on some of the issues, especially when it's some of these town halls, they come out of left field. But again, this Monmouth information is really interesting on the voter contacts. Again, just to run down the top, the people who've been contacted the most were contacted by Clinton, then Sanders, then Bush, then Kasich, then Cruz, then Rubio, then Trump. So that shows you that uh, there's an awful lot of work that's been going on by the people who may not really be at the top of the polls. Yeah. Now, Bernie Sanders' big moment has pretty much arrived. And I see that he has a CNN MUR tracking poll released last night as burning up by 26 points over Hillary. Uh, Sanders spent Monday warning his supporters against complacency. Clinton is aggressively trying to pre-spin her expected loss here, you know, saying, well, this is home turf for him, et cetera. You know, somebody wins by 20 points. You can't claim it's the home turf that did it, but they'll try as they might. Um, 
also there's a lot of anger now that is emerging because of Bill Clinton playing the gender card and claiming sexism by the by the Sanders camp. And you got signals from David Brock that this is, you know, a preview of coming attractions. The gloves are off now. You know, it's it's so interesting to look at the way this race is evolving and to close my eyes and think back to eight years ago. And it reminds me of where we were about the time after New Hampshire, when Bill Clinton really got involved uh, down in the Palmetto State in South Carolina against Barack Obama and created a backlash. And I just wonder if we're headed sort of in a similar situation here where Bill Clinton starts. Saying, I can tell just by Bill Clinton's disposition that he thinks that things are not going right. I, I just I just have that distinct. Yeah, gut and, feeling. and he doesn't have that same zip, the same no. impact, the same presence, the same energy. He's gotten a little older. Yeah. And a decisive win by Bernie Sanders tonight. And uh, coupled with two national polls, because Hillary, part of Hillary's spin is going to be, well, she's running a national campaign. Well, okay, the two most recent polls are both within the margin of error, 44-42 and 48-45. Yeah, and I would think that a win tonight, a big win for Bernie, uh, would, again, create that momentum and change the race and switch a few more votes in those polls to him. Absolutely. Now, does it threaten really a state like South Carolina? I mean, we'll have to wait and see. The Clintons obviously think that that's a firewall for them. But certainly this race, just like eight years ago, is not going according to plan for Hillary Clinton. And and the feel on the ground the last two weeks that I get is this unsettled feeling, especially among younger Democrats who just look at Hillary Clinton and just don't like what they see. Uh, It was interesting. Again, at the Sanders rally I was at yesterday, you know, you see all the big crowds and all the people and everything. He is not the most dynamic speaker in the world by any means. Nope. But he certainly has galvanized a lot of people to come out for him, and they certainly are egged on by his message. A lot of socialism, a lot of free stuff is pretty appealing to a lot of people. The Politico reports today that there may be a shakeup in Hillary's campaign after tonight. Um, specifically, they mentioned her decision not to appoint a single empowered chief strategist john podesta big hillary clinton clinton hack supporter said there's zero truth to what you're reading and that hillary stands behind her team and david axelrod well he decided to weigh in and saying that the campaign's problems may be more fundamentally tweeted out uh when the exact same problems crop up in separate campaigns with different staff at what point do the principals say hey maybe it's us Yeah. um, Again, like I said, it it, this reminds me of eight years ago. I see many of the same kind of things as eight years ago. And yeah, you do sort of look at that. Of course, Axelrod may not be exactly the the most uh, non-biased person to throw his uh, his uh, thoughts in on this campaign and Hillary Clinton, etc. But yeah, uh, there there could have to be, you know, Sean, sometimes like with a sports team, you got to shake things up. We might have to see a campaign shakeup along the way, especially if it's a big loss tonight for Hillary Clinton. Well, but usually again, they fire the coach, not the quarterback first. <laughs> but in this case, it's the quarterback that's the problem. They don't sometimes have a good... it is like that. Again, though, I will just say eight years ago, she spun that election night magic. I don't know that she's got it this time around, but I just wonder. I just wonder. A lot of reports and now even confirmed by Bloomberg himself that he's so disgusted that he's thinking about getting in this race as an independent. And this is a guy that's been a lifelong Democrat. This is a guy that's so anti-gun, I can't see him taking away a single Republican vote. To me, that's a dream come true for Republicans if he runs third party. Oh, I I, I mean, you know, he might uh, peel off a few more uh, sort of Northeast Republicans or something like that, but I don't see him as being a big threat nationally. And if he's going to, you know, and I would assume he would push hard on the gun issue and more, 
I'd have to agree with you. I just, I mean, just off the back of the envelope, one would have to think that would peel votes away from a Hillary Clinton or a Bernie Sanders more so than a Republican nominee. Absolutely. I want to go back to the the issue of whether or not was a Clinton going off, Bill Clinton going off the reservation in his attacks against Sanders, or was he strategic? Marco Rubio, and this came up in the debate on Saturday night, said, look, um, we know the president. He knows exactly what he's doing. And I think it's a myth to think that Clinton doesn't know exactly what he's doing. The question is, is he being sent out there to take these attacks to Bernie Sanders or is he going rogue? And if he's going rogue, that means you're going to have a lot of angry people in the Clinton campaign and probably blaming him and lashing out at him. Well, remember, eight years ago, uh, there was a big uh, question over the same thing when he went after Barack Obama in South Carolina. The same type of thing. Was he uh, was he acting sort of on orders? Was this a plan? Was he doing it on his own? Uh, you know, I don't know the answer with that uh, to that, but I just feel like Bill Clinton is still such a political animal uh, and would much rather be running the race for himself than anything else that I'm sure he chafes. Every day as he watches what's going on with his wife and with the campaign. And sometimes I think he's just doing it on his own more than anything else. Well, if he's doing it on his own and they lose and they lose big, why do I think that there could be another lampshade throwing incident? Hey, we'll just have to see again. Uh, it's tonight is step two. I mean, we're not very far through the whole process, but it's a rather important one, obviously. And with the debate on Thursday night in Milwaukee between the Democrats, uh, it certainly sets up for a, another big battle just later this week between Clinton and Sanders. All right. What a week we've got coming up. Uh, and then, of course, South Carolina a week from Saturday. Yep. Uh, so debate there on Saturday night as well. And the new uh, right. the new qualification criteria for that debate would seem to leave maybe Chris Christie on the outside looking in. But we'll see. All right. Jamie Dupree on the ground in New Hampshire for us. Thank you, sir. See you, Sean.